Party podcast where we are redefining black love and celebration. I am your host, Olivia DeSantos, and I'm joined here by my lovely co-host, Assumpta Vitku. Hello, how are you, my dear? How are you doing this week? Hello, hello. I am okay, thank you. I mean, it's been a busy week, but aren't they always? How are you doing? I'm good. The sun is shining here in Portugal. It is still cold. I hate Don't you. worry. <laughs> it's listen, you have central heating. These are these are different times, okay? So <laughs> I would much rather Fair enough. much rather have winter in the UK than winter in Portugal. Yeah, I only just discovered, for those of you who don't know, that Portuguese, a lot of Portuguese houses don't have central heating. What in the world? We are completely in denial about our own winter. It's just like, you know, because it's so warm and agreeable for so long that they just never optimized for winter. It's just like they pretend it doesn't exist. So no, we don't have carpets or central heating or radiators or aircon or any of those creature comforts that you have crazy but anyway we have a great topic as per usual for you guys i love today's topic and it's part of our little engagement season uh we need a name for this we need a name for our december (laughs) (laughs) because all of the content on our blog and on the upcoming podcast will be about proposals and engagements as we are heading into engagement season so this is super exciting i love it is indeed we love to see it So today's podcast is kind of riffing on a couple of the blogs that we've already published. Um, So we're going to be talking about the art of proposing. And there are a lot of things that go into a proposal, which is why this this engagement season special is taking us a whole month to get through because there are so many things to talk about when it comes to proposing and engagement. But we're going to do like a little abridged version for our podcast listeners because there's just so much to talk about and you, you need to hear the tea today. <laughs> you need to hear the tea. <laughs> I'm literally picking up my mug to sip my tea as we're talking now. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have so much to share from our personal personal lives on this particular topic as well. So, you know, grab your beverage of choice and uh, we're going to dive in. So I have left... uh, timestamps in the show notes so you can skip to the places that you want to talk about Uh, but we're going to start with (sighs) before you even think about thinking about asking someone to marry you (laughs) Mm -hmm. these are the things you need to know or need to have asked or need to have thought through thoroughly (laughs) yes Most definitely. So guys, you know, unplug your ears, take notes, because if you're thinking about proposing, I hope you've thought about these things first. (laughs) So let's start with the very obvious one, which I don't think people check often enough. Um, Does this person actually want to be proposed to? 
ding, 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 ding. I was hoping you were going to say that one first because I was like, yep. Um, as Olivia discovered briefly earlier today when we had a chat, but I haven't filled her in on completely. I have been proposed to more than once before, not by my husband, by somebody else. And she was just like, hold on, what? And it's not something I generally tend to talk about a lot. Um, as you can imagine, I did not say yes. So yeah, that is a very important one. People take for granted the fact that someone they're proposing to, we've all seen those awkward cringy videos where someone proposes online and it goes viral because the person says no you don't want to be that person thankfully for the guy who did propose to me got down on one knee and everything it wasn't the age of um, viral videos well there were viral videos but like camera phones weren't really a thing and there weren't people walking around oh they were a thing actually but Anyway, everybody's knee-jerk reaction wasn't to pull out a phone when something was going wrong back then. Mm-hmm. And it definitely was going wrong. He got down <laughs> on one knee and I was looking at him like, what are you doing? And then he asked me to marry him and my response was stand up. Oh. That, that oh. was, yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, I felt that. <laughs> it was so awkward. I felt awkward. I'm sure he felt heartbroken, but it was just one of those like, why would you do this? So please, people, check your partner actually wants to be proposed to you. You, You've maybe, if you feel like you're in that good place, you maybe have discussed it in the past, or even if you haven't explicitly, you know this person wants to marry you without a shadow of a doubt. It's not some sort of weird thing that you're doing because you think, oh, well, I want to marry them. They might not be ready now, but me asking will make them ready. No. (laughs) don't do it to yourself don't do it to them it's a very awkward situation to put somebody in it's not fair to either of you okay I have questions (laughs) ask away (laughs) ask all the questions (laughs) most of my friends don't actually know this happened so they're gonna be like what (laughs) who (laughs) so like okay so like give us some context like how old were you like when where was this in your lifetime I was at university I was Mm. like 20 at the time 19 20 something like that so number one I wasn't ready to be proposed to at all right but I feel like that's maybe not true if it was somebody that I was super in love with um or felt that way inclined, maybe at that age I would have said yes. Whether I was ready or not, I would have said yes. But um, yeah, I just did not want to be with, I didn't even want to be in a relationship with this guy at this point. So I was just like, why did you think a proposal would save this? But people do that. They, They use proposals as like some sort of super glue to keep them connected to people in the same way that sometimes people think, oh, let's have a baby to keep us together. These are not things you should be doing to keep yourselves together. If you want to stay together that strongly, go and get some therapy. Don't propose to somebody and don't um, suggest having a baby, but that's a topic for another day. But yeah, definitely don't propose if your if your relationship is on rocky ground. It, it's oh not going to end well, and it didn't, as you can imagine. Like, oh. <laughs> so what what do you do after that? Right. So your 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 immediate response is stand up. And then what yeah. do you say? <laughs> like, where does it go from there? Like, did the relationship um, end after that, or or? 
he did he just it, kind of lick his wounds? In my mind, it was already kind of ended, which is what shocked me the more. Oh, um, I think he thought it wasn't and or that it would all be okay. Um, I immediately, like my reaction to the situation was then to ask a bunch of questions, which probably did not help him at the time. I was just like, why did you think this would be a good idea? Um, I probably should have just let him retreat as opposed to like now dissecting the moment. But I was just like, where, why? What what were you hoping to happen here? This doesn't make any sense. Um, Which he agreed to. He did say he knows, but you know, he was in love, blah, blah, blah. He just wanted us to be together. And I thought, well, yeah, being together and um, like making that kind of commitment, that's kind of a, that's quite a leap. Um, but yeah, yeah, after that, I just told him I, I needed space. Like he wasn't to contact me. We should just take some time apart. And that was kind of how it was left. We didn't speak for a few years. Um, and then he resurfaced again in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think trying to date me, but at this point he had a child. And so I just made a statement one time when we were at dinner, I was just like, yeah, I wouldn't date anyone with kids. It, that wasn't necessarily how I was feeling. I just didn't want to date him. And it really offended him because it was like a subliminal and he caught it. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was that. Was that. But no, oh, we, wow. we couldn't have been married to each other for sure. Mm-mm. Oh my. Well, just as well that you knew what you wanted, right? And you knew yourself. Yeah. I, I probably would have said yes, honestly, when I was 20 or 19, I was so just eager to be liked then I probably mm-hmm. would have said yes um, which would have been the biggest mistake in my life so good for you for knowing yourself and shame on him from him for not knowing you well enough what, well know. yeah not knowing me or himself and he was yeah. older as well so I was just like how did how you're supposed to be the mature one like how did you think that this was going to go well you have more relationship experience than me like what is this um but yeah, it's weird because, okay, he actually proposed and then I've had other people who I'd either been on dates with or kind of liked be like quite serious, have a serious talk with me about marriage. And um, like, so my first ever, ever relationship, we actually really used, we did used to talk about marriage and genuinely I thought I would marry him. Mm. Um, and that just didn't work out, obviously. But that was my first real proper conversation about marriage. Like we were both on the same page. We both knew that was where we were headed. But I also feel like that is as a result of the way I was raised. We were both like raised in Christian homes. And mm-hmm. so our relationship, our courtship was very intentional. We re- we were really into each other. So in our heads, it was like, cool, we're getting married. So, you know, we're just going to date throughout like whatever uni and then as soon as we as soon as we graduate we're getting married that was the plan um but it didn't work out as planned evidently and he ended up marrying the girl that he left me for oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's fine we're we're still friends um it took a long time to get you here I, but we are friends I actually think somehow I know I know that everyone has that like that twinge where they're just like oh they married the next person that they meet or whatever but I yeah. actually think that's the most flattering thing like they they found their happiness but it it was like 
it was like, I don't know, for some reason I find it more flattering than if they had gone through like a ton of more people and then married someone. Um, I think it's quite flattering that you taught them so, so much in that relationship and they grew so much and all that kind of thing that by the time the relationship ended, they are a fully formed person and they find their next person. I don't know. I just like, you know, I made that man. Because <laughs> that's well, happened yeah, to me actually. as well. <laughs> that's happened to me as well. Uh, My first boyfriend is now at least engaged. I don't know if he's married yet to the next person that he met. So you, That's a far more mature way of looking at it than I did at the time. It was more like bitterness and hard done by like, you wouldn't be this guy if it wasn't for me. And now like you're, you're being this awesome person to her. Um, and that to be fair, I should, I should be fair on him. He was a really good boyfriend and a good majority of our breakup was actually my own fault. I was the architect of my own demise. Um, so let me, let me, Tell the truth and shame the devil, as Christians say. Um, it was a lot of it was my fault. Um, but it was really pain. I think that was what made it more painful that he was this awesome person for somebody else. Um, so I didn't really see it as a, oh, yeah, you've, like, you know, you've gone and found Fry. your person. Life free I'm little still bit. not sure. <laughs> yeah. At the time, I was like, I still don't think this is your person. But hey ho like it works and they're still together but I should just not say anymore on that in case he to be like what the hell what, what is this this is what podcasts are for this is the tea yeah fantastic no it's thank you for sharing your experiences proposed to this is obviously very, all very interesting because uh, people who may be new to the podcast, I'm not married. I've never been engaged. Um, uh, no one has proposed to me on a serious level. But it's really interesting when we talk about the things you should think about before you ask, because I had always had that kind of fairy tale vision that it's a complete surprise. And then it's only when like in the past couple of years when I've started to mature a little bit, then I'm just like, actually a complete surprise would be an absolute nightmare. That is the worst possible thing that someone could do is completely surprise me with the proposal. Like if I do not know at all that you're intending to marry me, or we haven't spoken about any of the couple of things that we'll talk about next, um, then that is bad. That's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, it's bad, but it it could actually lead to heartbreak. When we when we move on to the rest of the things we're talking about, you'll understand why I say that. Uh, the listeners, I mean, you'll understand why I say that. But um, yeah, because some of these things that you should be discussing before you think about talking about marriage or proposing um, could be deal breakers in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the biggies. So yeah. Mm. So let's go Something through to a chew couple on, of guys. those now. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them that I've already mentioned on the podcast before is that I do not intend to have children. I am open to changing my mind, but probably, possibly not, right? I'd rather not, <laughs> to be honest. That's where I'm at. I'd rather not. <laughs> um, that's a big thing that someone needs to talk to me about before they even consider proposing. If they really, really want children, I am not that person to bank on 
I'm not a good bet. Mm-hmm. I'm not a safe bet. Um, and you should be able to have that kind of conversation. Um, kids is a huge one. So big. It's don't, a very big one. Just don't bank on the idea of someone changing their mind for you. That's the thing. And you don't want to put that kind of pressure on somebody. So um, we got, my husband and I, we got married in Catholic church and Catholic church requires you. He's not Catholic, but I am. They -hmm. require you to go to premarital counseling. Mm -hmm. And when we were in this session, it was a group thing. um, They were saying that there was a couple that had um, a bit of a breakdown while they were in the session, like a previous couple, because it wasn't until they were in that premarital counselling session, group session, as I said, that they realised that they weren't on the same page in terms of children. They both wanted children, mm-hmm. but in their instance, um, the bride-to-be was saying something about when she went back to work and he was like, what do you mean? Go back to work? Oh. Like, you're going to be at home looking after our kids. <laughs> so it ended up in her crying because she was like, what? well, no, I'm going to be going back to work. And he was like, no, you're not. And um, they hadn't had that conversation. So as our um, course runners, I guess, were saying this, my husband looked at me and was just like, well, then fiance, and was like, how could you get to this point and not have talked about it? I said very easily. It happens all the time. So people will be like, oh my gosh, do you want children? Yes, I want children. Oh, I want two. I want four. Let's meet in the middle and have three. Or we'll discuss it near the time. But you don't talk about who's going to look after these children. Do you want to send them to private school? Do you want to send them to public school? Um, how are we affording this children? What is our... Um, support system look like you know Mm -hmm. all of these nuanced questions that people don't often ask until they're confronted with it and then it becomes a sore point or that's when you realize how different your views might be but I would say even if you don't go as in depth as what I've just said you actually need to know do you both want children is this a thing that you're really open to and if somebody says no don't go along with it thinking oh I'll change their minds why would you don't put that kind of pressure on yourself or them a friend of mine is currently experiencing heartbreak um quite publicly on she's letting everybody know on instagram that her relationship ended because her boyfriend um doesn't want kids and she absolutely does Mm -hmm. but the relationship was fine like they got on so well it's the Mm -hmm. best boyfriend she's ever had but she said that she kept thinking they'd resolve it somehow or that he'd change his mind and he no. woke up and was like, I absolutely do not want children, 100%. So this needs to end. That's yeah. So and I feel for her. Yeah. And it's worse when the person that you're in this relationship with, which seems to be the case for her, is everything you wanted, minus that yeah. one thing. Yeah. But it's just that one thing. It only takes one thing. That's 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 it, yeah. right? And even though that's the macro, I do think that the micro of this is important. Like your philosophy of how you raise your children. What if you can't conceive children? Are you open to having adopt are you open to adoption? That's another reason why people can break up because it's just like one is totally fine with adoption or surrogacy or anything like that and the other person isn't and what that could yeah that can fracture you as well I think the micro is so important still but I'm that type of person I'm very analytical I I have like you know I would have a whole spreadsheet with questions 
if I were to ever <laughs> to be pregnant, I'm just like, look, here's your version. Here's my version. We're going to fill out this form. We're going to work this stuff out. <laughs> this is really, I would be that person. I would be that militant because I think it's so important to be on the same page when you go into these things. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> the other thing is um, about your living circumstances. Do you want to buy a home? You know, uh, so many people mm -hmm. are not investing in houses anymore um, and want to live that rental life. But other people think that that's a waste of money. That's a big thing. That's a big financial decision that you need to make together about where you're going to live and whether you want to purchase, get on the get on the property ladder. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Figure that out. Yeah, that's a biggie. And I don't know what your next point was, but it kind of leads into finances. You have to have financial conversations. Yes. I'm really confused by people who marry other people and either don't know what they do for work. I've experienced that. You don't what? know what your partner does for work. You, you don't know me. what they do. What? You do, do they not work in know the mafia or they specifically. Work in well, exactly. It's just like, well, they make money. <laughs> okay. Um, so they don't, you don't know re like fully what they do, except that they earn money, could be illegally for all you know, and now you're attaching yourself to them. And then secondly, you don't know how much they earn. And I'm not saying that from a superficial, they need to be earning six figures kind of way. Um, I literally mean, how much are you going to have in your household pot? Will you be able to afford to live? Will your standard of living be affected because you are now maybe having to help them with debt repayment or or any, like literally any manner of things. I've gone mm. to the weird extreme there. I don't know why my mind went there, but you know, there's so many that's variables. True. Just be aware. And that's not, I'm, I'm not saying it's a reason to end a relationship with anybody. It's not, but you just need to be aware of what you're like joining yourselves to because um, their finances become your finances and vice versa. I know not everybody subscribes to that, but um no one's saying you have to get a joint account, but if you, are you going to do that? Does that mm -hmm. person expect that you're going to have a joint account and then you'll mm -hmm. both put money into it and bills will come out of that? Or all of your money, as I've heard before, all of your money needs to go into this joint account and then you can both spend from it. Like what is your financial um, terrain going to look like? How are you navigating that space together? It's good to have an honest conversation about it. And the key word there being honest, like be honest yeah. about how you are with money. I'm very, very kind of, uh, I'm very, very honest with myself about how I am with money and how I would like to be with money by the time that I get married or in, in financially entangle myself with someone else, right? <laughs> I would like to have a better credit score. I would like to be debt-free, all of those sorts of things. That's not to say that I will be, and that's not to say that you need to be to be married, but you need to know what your habits are like. Are you a natural saving person? Are you a natural spending mm -hmm. person? What What are your priorities when you think about spending money? Like, is someone spending crazy money on clothes um is that is that crazy to you is that completely normal to you um because if you do have a joint account where all of your money and all of your spending comes out right and then they go and spend you know 
$400 on a pair of shoes and that's insane to you, then maybe it was better that they had their own money and they can spend their own money on on those shoes, right? Um, at the same time, I have a no holes barred policy with food. I will spend a lot on the ingredients that I that I like to cook with because I love cooking and I love food. Um, so I will be that person that will spend a lot on cheese and fine meats and stuff like that. Um, is that going to bother the person that I'm going to marry? That kind of thing. Or is it something that doesn't bother them that very that much? Um, what are their priorities? What are their financial goals? What sort of wealth do they want to build in the world? Are they interesting in, interested in investing and all this kind of thing? Like there's so much. <laughs> there's so much. Like if you're building a, I think the, the crux of it comes down to if you're building a life with someone, like you're building a life. That's what you're doing. You're not having, a, it's not just a relationship. You are building a future together. You need to think of it that way. Like so many parts of your life lives are going to be intertwined. So make sure that those futures are going in the same direction, no? <laughs> just, I don't know. You can tell that we are planners because we thought of these things and we planned ahead. Because as you were talking, I was like, yep, yep. And then I thought about some of my friends who are more like, go with the flow. Oh, God will sort it out or the universe oh will fix it. No, trust me, trust and believe. I have divorced friends. The universe does not fix it. It will not. For some people, actually, it does kind of work it out and they find some common ground because people are always throwing that word around compromise in marriage and they mm -hmm. compromise. But if these are things that you actually can't compromise on and you don't want to maybe later down the line in a few years become resentful towards these other people, to your partner, I definitely think I would highly recommend you... Um, have these conversations we are by no means financial advisors let's just throw that one out there now but I'm married and I'm going to tell you now I wouldn't advise putting all your money into one account <laughs> that's just me personally like from my personal <laughs> my personal experience we haven't done it and um I don't think I would do it because we don't police each other's money we know how much we earn but mm -hmm. um spend your money as you wish you know as long as our bills get paid and are like we can save do what you want with your money I don't need to see your bank statements I don't need to see it leaving our account because I think mm -hmm. that is what leads to people being like why do you spend that on this and exactly. I am the person who likes shoes so <laughs> you just need to see the shoes on my feet you like and just know that I could afford them you don't need to know how much they cost um but yeah the, the only reason one of the reasons why I say you shouldn't just have like one account in my personal opinion where all your money goes into apart from what I've just said is that I think you could have a joint account and then you put a set amount of money maybe for your joint bills it all comes out of that but have your own money yes like I, I've my parents have been married for 37 years and together over 40 something years I can't even remember how long it is it's a long time and they manage their money themselves all is well mm -hmm. also if you're anything like me I like surprising people if we have a joint account I can't surprise you without you mm -hmm. knowing money has left our account um so if you're if you're ever wanting to buy a gift or and without having to explain then 
that was that would be a reason for having your own separate account and also not to be a pessimist here but you never know what could happen <laughs> you need to have your own your own things going on yes. so i think it's always good to just be able to look after yourself and be autonomous while also contributing to your household pot or yeah for sure but just i think we what we're trying to do is normalize talking about it don't assume mm-hmm. that your way is their way because it's not necessarily and the nuances might be different like we said with the with the with the children conversation but those are kind of like the big three that we're going to touch on in this podcast i have written an entire blog about the conversations you should be having before you get engaged and that goes into far more detail i will leave it in the show notes so check that out uh it doesn't just cover practical stuff it also covers some more relationshipy stuff but now we're going to talk about the next phase so let's say you have had these lovely juicy conversations about how you want to build your life together before right just out of curiosity what is your philosophy on kids out of curiosity how is your finances all of those sorts of nice jubbly things if you've been together for a while then yeah you've talked about this and you know that they want to be proposed to yeah let's 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 not forget that so then we move on to actually planning the proposal and purchasing a ring so the next thing we're going to talk about are rings um Asumpta is writing or has written a piece on this I don't know has has and I will link yeah. that mm-hmm. in the show notes um so yeah take it away how should someone go about purchasing a ring the abridged version we have the full detailed version <laughs> oh so so many things to think about well I would say you need to start by um thinking about the jewelry that your partner likes. Are they simple? Do they like something a bit more ostentatious? Um if they are if they currently wear jewelry, have a look and pay attention to what they're wearing to know um their design style mm-hmm. and also think about your budget. Quite mm-hmm. early on, like you need to know how much are you playing with. Um th- as de- as some of you may or may not know, there is a I don't want to say a myth it exists running around um, that was created by De Beers, the diamond company, that you are to spend three months' wages. <laughs> Few people do that. Some people, like a small percentage of the world, spend vast, vast like a vast amount on an engagement ring. But the average Joe the average person doesn't spend three months worth of their pay on an engagement ring. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you are looking for an engagement ring, you have to remember the four C's. This is something that I told my husband about before when we were still dating and he brought up the topic of marriage and an engagement ring and all of that kind of stuff. I just said, you need to consider the color, the cut, the clarity, and what is the fourth one? Carrot. Carrot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my favorite. Carrot. Um, <laughs> and so I'm not going to go into detail here because it is in the blog post uh, to explain what those four things actually mean and what you should put weight on. But those are things that you need to consider if you are buying a real diamond or even a lab grown diamond. Um, we actually have a um, guest blog post about that. 
I think it coming won't up. be up by the time this comes to Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. Um, so you can read that for more information. But all of those four C's um, that I've just talked about um, have uh, a financial impact on the ring that you are buying. And um, there are so many different places that you can buy a ring from. You can get from the internet. But again, I will say, you know, find a reputable site to do that from um, you can physically go to a jeweler's a high street jeweler or um, maybe I, w- I would I would probably be more inclined to go with an independent but there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with high street jewelers do what works for you um, it might just be a case of proximity for you and also price point high street jewelers tend to have quite the depth and breadth of um, sizes and price points and stuff like that but then uh, an independent would be able to create the same thing for you mm-hmm. um, you can also go down the custom route gotta love a custom ring because then you can put your stamp on it personalize it one of my friends has um a common thing to do which my husband has in his wedding band is to put the date of your wedding you can have that engraved in there nice. uh, one of my friends in her engagement ring her husband has his, his fingerprint a part oh, of his fingerprint. I know how cool. that's it was so it's so different. <laughs> yeah, like a section of his fingerprint, and then also like a small diamond on the inside. But that it just allows you to be super creative. But also remember that you don't have to do this alone. You could actually propose with like a dummy ring, and then. Um, design this ring together or Mm. go ring shopping together because if you are um, laying out quite a bit of money you do not want to end up in a situation where you are buying something that they just hate Um, (laughs) it's fine if you're getting it possibly from a high street or from an independent jeweler who would be happy to reset it for you or you know take it back if they don't like it but I if you end up in a situation where maybe you just buy it online without seeing it or anything like that you might not be able to return this ring which would mean that you would be paying for another ring if they really don't like it unless you're telling them that they're gonna have to pay for the ring themselves also an option but not a very good one Uh, (laughs) but yeah the the ring decision is I was gonna say not one to be made lightly I would really advocate for doing your research not just into the diamonds and also the place that you actually purchase it from but also into your partner that's where it begins if you really have no clue about the design and style that they want I would say err on the um, side of caution and then propose with like uh, cubic zirconia or, you know, or just, it doesn't even have to be, uh, it could be something, it could be a Haribo ring that was quite popular at one point in time (laughs) or just any kind of like silver ring from a high street store that's not cost you much, like 10, 15 pounds or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then let them know that this is your temporary ring let's shop together or this you know we can design one together but that is also 
only going to work if you are comfortable with talking about money and you've Mm -hmm. had a finance conversation and you're happy for them to know what the budget for the ring is Um, because sometimes men don't want you to know I say men men or women you might not want your partner to know how much you have spent on their ring um if you want that to be a surprise, then you just need to be really savvy with um, your shopping and make sure it's the right design. Or once you've proposed, you ask them, what design would you like and what style? And then you go and find that for them within your budget. That might be another way around doing it. So yeah. I'm, I find this really interesting because I feel like, and maybe it's a lot of pressure, but I feel like the ring that you propose to someone with is like an indication of what you know about them. It's a representation of what you think they will like, not just what you would like, right? Um, And if you've done all of the groundwork in getting to know this person enough to marry them, I would hope that you know at least the color of jewelry that they usually wear, right? Or, you know, like if it's it's silver or if it's gold, like basic stuff like that. Um, I know that gems and stuff are, are more complicated, but like, for example... I think I would always be a little bit disappointed if someone proposed to me with a white diamond. You know me. What in my life is Colours. Is, is white or is black or white? Actually, I'm wearing black today. But to be fair, like it's it's, it's cute. It's cute. I was having a, a, a worky day. Okay, but this is a rare occurrence for me. Any kind of colored gemstone, even if it was with white diamonds, but any kind of color gemstone would be better than a white than a white diamond. Anything, yeah, right. It could be literally any color. If you can get it in my favorite color, even better. You should know what my favorite color is, but I digress. Um, <laughs> but any color would be better. It's a it's a signal to me that you know me. Unfortunately. Uh- there are many instances where people get it very wrong and it can be very heartbreaking for the person being proposed to because they think, oh, but I thought you knew me. And then the, <laughs> what's worse is that the person who bought the ring thought they knew, they, they were excited <laughs> thinking they're going to love this. And then you're like, what is this? I remember a friend telling me about their friend who was proposed to with a brown diamond and they hated oh. it. It looked terrible. Yeah, brown diamond. So the person proposing thought they were being innovative and that they would love it. And apparently it just looked like poop. It wasn't it wasn't good. Yeah. And people kept looking at the ring and being like, is it funny what coloured? It? Like, why does yeah. it look like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so they eventually ended up changing it. But it can be a little bit alarming and unsettling because then, as you said, you start thinking, but you're supposed to know me. How can I spend my life with you if you can't even get like this, this, this beginning step right? Um, So in those instances, if you're dating someone who maybe is a little bit forgetful or perhaps they're not as observant as one would like Mm -hmm. you might just have to drop it into a conversation send them this podcast um, (laughs) show show them images of um or actually show show your your best friend yeah show your friends friends. and then let the friend know to tell your partner that at some point like should they decide they're ready to buy you a ring come and have a conversation with me 
Mm-hmm. That's because not all, all, not everybody who is down that road or on their way to the marriage kind of scenario has a preference. But a lot of people do. It, they might not know specifically what they want, but they know what they hate. And that's mm-hmm. the key. You need to know what they hate so you don't end up choosing that. Um, you know, it could be a multitude of things. Sometimes people are like, it could have been anything but this. So you want to avoid that scenario. Um Telling friends is always super helpful. I remember I had told my friends um, the kind of ring that I wanted. Luckily, it's super easy. It was very simple. I just wanted a solitaire, but with a like a twisted setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I let them know. So I was like, if he comes to you asking, this is it. And also he actually asked me in a conversation at some point, which annoyed me a bit because I was just like, but you know me, you, you should know this, but that's <laughs> fine. I would rather, I would rather you ask me this for future, like for future reference. Cause it was for quite, sure. I want to say it was early-ish in our relationship. So I just thought, okay, you're storing, he's like, an, he's a planner as well. So I just thought this, you're storing this information for later. I appreciate mm. that about you because I would rather not have a situation where I'm like, what is you this? bought me a ring with all these tiny, tiny diamonds. And I'm like, what in the world? Not that there's anything wrong with that if you like it, but it's just not what I wanted. Um, so I do appreciate that he asked me. Yeah, for sure. Ask yeah. questions. If if you can't ask them directly or you don't want to because you are trying to maintain it as a surprise, um, ask their friends. Ask maybe family if they can keep a secret, but go with friends. Yeah. Yeah, that is great. And the Good friends advice. who are genuinely happy for them, you need to be able to weed out the ones that are maybe trying to cling to a ring themselves and will now be bitter that you are proposing and ruin the surprise. You don't <laughs> want to ask those friends or someone who's going to steer you wrong just for the sake of being like, damn it, she's getting, he or she's getting engaged before me. Nah. <laughs> I'm going to tell oh you something different. It happens. Yeah, drama. Yeesh. Yeah, so, so much. Use wisdom and discernment. Wisdom and discernment. Wisdom and discernment is important for the next step, which is actually designing the proposal itself, which we also have. This blog came out yesterday, should have come out yesterday, uh, which is designing the proposal itself, the event, the main thing. So you've Whee! gone through all of this process, you've picked out a ring, you know this is the person, person wants to, to receive your proposal. I cannot stress that enough. This person wants to receive your proposal. They want to marry you, yeah? Okay, so now <laughs> let's design <laughs> the main event, all right? And this is also about knowing your person so much 100% like so much it is I think you know everything inside me cringes at certain thoughts of how a proposal could go um and because the thing is is that if my proposal goes wrong there's just no hiding it like my face just won't know what to do with itself (laughs) you know I I I don't, and I'm really, I'm quite a blunt person. Like I'm not someone who sugarcoats a lot of stuff or I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at being particularly tactful sometimes. And I don't know (laughs) if it's just, if it's embarrassing enough, if it's embarrassing enough and just so blatantly clear that you do not know me at all. Like you did not know that... I'm an introverted person that you did not know that there are certain family members that I wouldn't want 
around me at this moment that you did not know, then it's going to be an automatic no. And you will not be able to recover from my face. So this is a dangerous game to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as as you said, the most important thing is like you have to know your partner. And I don't want lots of couples to fall into the trap that social media has set for us because we can now see lots of proposals way more than we ever could before um which is both exciting but also anxiety inducing because you feel like it needs to be bigger and better or as good as or some sort of story for um your person to be able to tell their loved ones um you can fall into the trap of um overdoing yourself when the person you're proposing to really would much prefer something simpler or private. Oh my gosh, my idea of hell, Jesus, would be (laughs) for you to propose to me in like a very public setting with a ton of people staring at me or my friends and family looking at me. Mm. I would not have liked that at all. And thank God that is not what I got. Um, He knew me well. Um, Mm -hmm. While it did happen in a public setting, we were in a restaurant. He chose a random day for a date night. It was a Monday. Restaurants are dead on Mondays, as (laughs) you may or may not know. Some aren't even open on Mondays. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it was super quiet. There was hardly anyone around. Like people didn't start clapping once it was done because nobody noticed. Like we were in a corner, there was no one really around. Mm -hmm. And um, I loved it. Like it was just us. I was then able to tell who I wanted to, um, even though I would, thinking back on it now, but that's only because I really love capturing moments of my life. I would have Mm -hmm. liked a photographer to be there. However, the reality of someone standing there taking pictures of me, I don't think I would have enjoyed. Um, But he did know that about me. So sometimes when we're in public spaces, we will like take a picture to be able to send his parents because they don't live in this country and we try to include them in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I had already asked the um, waitress to take a picture of us. And then he was just like, oh, let's record a video for them. And I was like, why? We've just done a picture. Like, let's send them that. And he was like, oh no, but we can show them. It's a nice restaurant. And I just thought, you know what? compromise it's been a lovely dinner let's not make this a thing so we're taking like a selfie video like hi we're here it's so nice blah 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 and he did that purposely so I could have the moment recorded because he didn't hire a photographer yeah Yeah. so um I'm doing my little talk to camera thing and then all of a sudden he's he's asked me to marry him and I'm like but you're not on one knee. And he's like, yes, I am. What the hell? And that's how out of it I was. I was just so confused <laughs> by everything and realised that he was. And then it's me squealing. My friends and family have not seen this video because it's so embarrassing. And I was just like, what, really? Oh my God, this is happening now? What, what? So there's a lot of me being really confused, but I'm Aww. able to look back on the moment and it was super cute. But I was like, he knows that about me. Like I would have wanted to be able to see the moment back, but I didn't necessarily want like a ton of people there. I didn't mm-hmm. want, uh, well, there was no photographer or videographer staring at me and making it awkward or letting me know that that was what was about to happen. Um, so you have to know your person. Some people do want all of their friends and family there to celebrate. They want to be able to have a party and a celebration just after, or they want something super ostentatious. Um 
if that's what they want, you know, you need to save a bit more money because those things aren't cheap either. A help plan proposals. Hit me up if you need some help. But um, (laughs) yeah, you you actually need to factor that in. But that's one of the things that I was very particular about saying to uh, my boyfriend at the time and now husband. I told him, I don't want you to spend loads of money on a proposal. Put that money into my ring. (laughs) <laughs> because the act, no, I, I, I said those words not going I, full um, disclosure I actually said those words to him I said do not spend money on an OTT proposal because I knew the kind of ring that I wanted I wanted a quality diamond I knew it was going to cost money so why mm. are you now going to add 500 1,000 pounds to a proposal for who for me to put on social media and that people will forget in a week like you know it doesn't make sense to me but I have to look at my ring every day so that's just my personality and he knew that about me and I also reiterated it by explaining that to him Um, but if you want an over the top proposal if you want all of your friends and family there if you can't tell them directly tell your friends so that when they're ready to propose they can say hey they would really love for all of these people to be here or they would really love for it to just be the two of you and for you to have put more money into a, in, into a ring or take them on holiday like whatever it is that that dream proposal is for you um, communicate that to someone or communicate that to your partner directly so that you aren't left disappointed because it shows on your face it would <laughs> it does yeah, yeah it, does. If, if, it depends it depends on whether or not you're good at lying and hiding but if you're not this shouldn't this should be somebody you don't lie and hide like you shouldn't have to hide your emotions um, exactly we hope so yeah help help them and help yourself by having open lines of communication yeah for sure like I I'm also a very introverted person I wouldn't be okay with having friends and family all around but you know my my couples have had some really beautiful um proposal stories and some of them have been public there was one who hired out um a cinema screen um so they just it just seemed like they were going to the movies <laughs> seemed like they were going so to the cute. movies and there were people in the front row so you know normal they're going they're going to the movies people in the front row they switch on the film and it's like a highlight reel of their relationship together several of their home videos and photos together and all this kind of thing ending with will you marry me and the front row uh all of their friends and family in wigs. <laughs> <laughs> How random. <laughs> um, so they take off the wigs and, you know, she says yes and all this kind of thing. Beautiful. But that they're very close. Both of their families are very close to each other, you know, so that mm-hmm. made sense. Their their friendships are shared, that, that kind of environment, that kind of intimate setting, but with their friends and family made perfect sense for the people that they are and for the relationship that they have. Um, It's really cool if you can incorporate like, yeah, you can incorporate elements of your relationship. So if you are a traveling couple, it could make sense to <laughs> to um, propose while traveling. If you are a hiking couple or um, people who run marathons and things like that and propose straight after, because it makes sense for what they are like. 
together, mm-hmm. right? Just continue the theme of your relationship into your proposal. It shouldn't be something that's so out of left field. Um, yeah. Well, it might be, but it's just if if it is going to be that, then it needs to be something like a bucket list item or something like that mm-hmm. that someone has always wanted to do, and it makes sense for that. Like for example, I don't anticipate that I'll go hot air ballooning a lot with my future partner. I don't think that that's going to be like a common hobby that we do every Sunday, but, but it's one of those like small, <laughs> small, you know, bucket list that could be a really cool thing to do one day. That would be a good opportunity to propose to me because it's something out of left field. Yes, but it is something that I've always wanted to maybe do. So yes. It's just know your partner. Just just the, the whole podcast. Just just know your partner. <laughs> just just yep. know them. And Please if you don't, them. get to know them. Get to know them. <laughs> <laughs> that that is what we are leaving you with. At the, at the end of this, that's what you need to take from this. If you've listened to all of this and there are some things that you still don't know, get to know them before you make that leap. And if you have proposed and you still feel like you don't know these things, ask before you get married. Yes, at least know these things before you get married. And we have created yeah. some excellent content on the Arrow One Bay site all about this stuff. So we'll leave those links in the show notes so that you can swat up on what you should know before you, you know, sign your life to another. It's a big <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun thing. But, you know, you, you just need to go into it with your eyes open. I always say that I didn't necessarily, or I didn't only fall in love, I stood in it. Like I stand in love. Mm-hmm. All this falling business, like we need to start getting up. Like guys, <laughs> fall in love, but like take your heart and your head with you. Um, yeah. So you need both to build a great marriage, but maybe we'll talk about that another day. So this has been a really fun podcast. Consider this part one of The Art of Proposing. Um, So this is all to do about the proposal. And then next time we're going to be talking about being engaged. So actual engagement, this little ooey gooey bit where you are called bride (laughs) or groom. Um, In that in between, uh, how do you feel? How do you act? What do you do? What can you expect? quite an interesting time it is it was a very weird time in a good way actually in the best possible way so yeah look forward to talking about it so we will love you and leave you and we will see you next time join us here take care